Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's Jennifer here, and welcome back to the Simply and Fiercely show. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering a listener question, which is about how to declutter after the loss of a loved one. But first, I just thought this would be a good opportunity to mention if you have a question, if you have a topic that you want covered on the podcast, please feel free to look me up on Instagram. My username is at simplyfiercely. That's all one word. And yeah, I'm always open. Um, I love creating content, as you all know, between the blog and the podcast. But I always find it a bit more fun when I'm answering a reader question or a listener question, I should say, just because, you know, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to know that that you're sort of interacting with the community on a new level. So my door is always open. Feel free to find me on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but I don't tend to read my messages there as much. So, okay, let's move on to today's question. As I said, we are talking about how to declutter after the loss of a loved one. And I cannot even begin to cover this topic without first making one very important point. When it comes to grief, and yes, absolutely, I think that decluttering after the loss of a loved after the loss of a loved one, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, I do think that that kind of decluttering is very much part of the grieving process, no matter how much time has passed, right? And to go with that, I just think that it's important to remember that there is no one right way to grieve. And that might sound like a bit of an odd thing to point up, uh, or to point out, excuse me, but as someone who has experienced a lot of grief quite early in life, um, both my father and my brother both passed away within six months of each other back in 2004. I guess I've always just been hyper aware about how grief is different for everyone and that there's nothing that's normal, right? If that makes sense. So for example, for me, um, when my brother died, I found myself being even more introverted than normal. Um, Looking back, it was actually very interesting because that's probably where I can see the first signs of the way that I use storytelling for healing, um, which is part of why, you know, I have the blog and the podcast. I love sharing stories. Regular listeners will know that. And I do that because it helps other people learn, but it's also very healing for me. So when I'm going through my own decluttering or my own grief, sharing stories is a big part of that. So when my brother passed away, I actually spent like a week just sort of locked up in my room and I actually created a website, um, a very basic blog that is now private, so you, you can't go look it up or anything. But that was just my way of healing. And my mother, at the same time, who was going through you know, the unimaginable grief of losing a child, um, for her, what was very healing was to be surrounded by community. We had just uh, you know, everyone in our extended network showing up at our doorstep with food and comfort. And my mom was just talking the entire time, which was the opposite of what I needed. I needed to be alone 
in my own space, but that was what she needed when she was going through that. And the point of all of this, the reason I'm sharing that is because I think that that same kind of base concept applies to your decluttering as well, right? Some people will find it very healing to get rid of more things than others. Some people need time. Some people need to talk it through. You know, there's no one right way. Um, Well, there's never one right way for decluttering, but I just wanted to point out how especially true that is when it comes to grieving and decluttering after a loss. You're going to hear lots of different things. You might feel pressure from certain people, um, but I hope that you know if you have, again, if you've listened to my work before, that I just believe that self-compassion is such a huge part of decluttering. And if you are going through a difficult time and the thought of getting rid of items right now is like a stab in the heart, you know, give yourself that grace and and allow yourself to declutter on your own schedule. Now, having said that, I know that a lot of people do not have that luxury. Um, often people who are decluttering after a loss have a time frame. For example, let's say your parents have passed away and now you have to sell their house, right? So there's a lot of pressure about how to declutter in a really short period of time. So that's why I want to offer the tips that I'm going to offer in this episode. But yeah, just so important to me that you always remember that that there's that baseline of compassion. Um, You always need to include that in your decluttering. So let's say that you are now in a situation where you have decided that you want to declutter. It's not um, it's not something that you may be doing because you're feeling pressured. You're in a position where you're either selling a house, let's say, for example, or you've just decided that you are ready. And while you may feel attached to these items, you have made um, an informed decision that you would like to create that space in your home. What should you do? Well, to get started, um, my first bit of advice with decluttering, any kind of decluttering, actually, um, whether you know, you're just cleaning out your closet or decluttering after a loved one, is to start with a bit of self-reflection. And I know that might sound like a bit of like wishy-washy advice, um, but let me explain. When most people declutter, the mindset is kind of like, oh, hey, this is the day. I'm going to do some decluttering today. And they dump everything out. They just start going through it piece by piece. But the problem that you're going to have is that anytime you're decluttering, but especially when you're dealing with that emotional, those deeply sentimental items, is that all of your logic is going to go out the window once you start dealing with these pieces, right? So you can come in with the best of intentions, you know, have this big plan for decluttering, and then you pick up your like grandmother's sweater and it smells like her. And next thing you know, you're in tears or you're like grabbing an old photo book and going through it. And all of your intentions with decluttering have gone out the window. And again, if we go back to this whole concept of self-compassion and kindness, like allow yourself that sometimes. But when you're, you know, ready to take action, we need to take a slightly different approach. So what I recommend is that before you are flooded with those emotions, when you're like surrounded by the stuff and the memories, right, is that you take a step back and you begin with the end in mind. Okay. So if this was your closet you were decluttering, just switching gears for a minute, that might be things like thinking about, oh, well, what is my personal style? What do I like to wear? What is my lifestyle? Right. What kind of clothes do I need? Creating a vision for your closet before you start diving in. And we can do the same thing when we are decluttering items that belonged to a loved one. It's just a little bit different. 
And what I recommend is this concept of thinking about their legacy. How do you want to remember them? Okay. So um, if I was thinking about my brother, for example, and obviously human beings are complicated. You know, my brother had his flaws, right? His, his good, his bad side. He's a complicated human, just like we all are. But if I think, and I think, ask this tough question is sort of, how do I remember my brother? What is the legacy I want for him? What really resonates with me? Probably the strongest thing that comes to mind is just his generosity. He was a very caring person who was always really looking out for me, my mom, and my sister. Um, he was in the military before he passed away, so he traveled quite a lot. And while we didn't necessarily see each other um, often, I really believe in my bones that he was often thinking about us. He would, um, he used to buy, he would buy me lots of like gifts from his travels. And obviously being like a 20 year old boy, he was 21 when he um, passed away. He wasn't exactly the best shopper, but he would just always bring these little trinkets back. And it, to me, it was just letting us know that he was always thinking about us. So that kind of spirit, that generosity, that, that care, I think about that a lot when I eventually got around to decluttering his items, right? And so you can do the same kind of thing when you think about your loved ones. Like, how do you want them to be remembered? And it's no, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily going to get like a clear answer right away, but I genuinely believe that sitting down and at least thinking about that a little bit before you start decluttering is going to help you make decisions, right? It can also even be, um, for example, as I said, I, I really believe that what I think about my brother's legacy, there's a lot of generosity and care. So if that's how he is, that's his personality, what would he want for me, right? So, um, for example, with the things that I had to declutter after after my brother, I had about a pretty large box of things. Um, I actually moved to Australia not long after he passed away. So I couldn't bring too much just by the, the nature of an international move. But I had this one big box that had like some childhood toys, some clothes, just some gifts that he'd given me. Um, and it was quite, I guess, relatively speaking, you know, an, a big heavy box to move around throughout the years. And there was a few items in there that were the kind of things they were gifts that he'd given me that bring me a lot of joy. Even right now, they're on my um nightstand, the things that I look at. And even though they don't serve a lot of practical purposes, they are technically like little knickknacks. They bring me a lot of joy when I see them. So I enjoy them. And when I see them, I'm reminded of that care and that generosity and the love that he felt for me. Whereas the items that were in these boxes were things that um, I will explain a bit more later in this episode, but they didn't necessarily reflect that. They were more complicated emotions, I guess you could say. They were complicated. It kind of felt like a burden, but at the same time, it felt like it couldn't let go. And if we just go back to this idea of legacy and what my brother would want for me, right? If I think about him in the way that he cared about me, he wouldn't want me to be dealing with this box of heavy things, both literally physically heavy and emotionally heavy, right? He would want me to be cared for and to feel light and to feel happy. And so, um, that legacy, that whole concept, right? What, what, how do I want to remember him? And what would he want for me helped me to let go of those items in that box. So definitely something that I advise you to think about for yourself. Um, think about the legacy that your loved ones would want to leave. Okay. 
it's not going to make it easy. I just want to make this clear. I don't think that it's ever easy to declutter after the loss of a loved one. But this mindset definitely made it easier for me. And I should also mention, for those of you who have listened to the podcast or read my work in the past, I do believe that decluttering can also be very healing when we take the time to do this kind of emotional work, when we really think about why we're decluttering and all the kind of emotional threads that are intertwined with our stuff. It's heavy, right? It might be a bit slow at first, this whole idea of sitting down to do a bit of like emotional planning or, or just self-reflection before you declutter. It might kind of feel like, oh, why am I wasting my time doing this? But the benefit is that in the end, not only do you get rid of stuff, but that act of decluttering becomes part of the healing process. Okay, so um, bringing me on to my second really important tip for when you are decluttering after the loss of a loved one. And it ties back to what I'm saying about these emotions, right? You have all these heavy emotions, probably memories attached to your items. And if you have read much about decluttering or perhaps you're in the minimalist community, you've probably heard some advice that goes along the lines of your memories live in your heart, not in your stuff, right? And Yes, of course, there is an element of truth to that, but I personally don't find it very helpful when it comes to decluttering, okay? And especially after the loss of the loved one, right? If I actually find it sometimes a little bit condescending, like, yes, I get it. I know my memories. Like, I know my brother's not living in this box of stuff, right? I'm not stupid, but I don't really know what to do, like how to manage those emotions. And so what I recommend to everyone again, with any kind of decluttering, is that instead of trying to pretend that those heavy feelings don't exist, instead of trying to tell ourselves, oh, I don't have emotions in my stuff, right? Instead, switch gears and put a name to the emotions. So everyone always says like with decluttering sentimental items, right? It's sentimental. But take it a step further. What is that sentiment? Because, um, so for example, in my case, after my brother died, yes, of course, right? I'm sad. I'm sentimental. But later, when I took the time to really think about it and think about the stuff that I was decluttering, um, what those emotions really were, were more than just sadness. There was also a lot of guilt and regret. Um, as I mentioned before, he was in the military. He was traveling a lot in the last few years of his life. So we didn't get to spend a lot of time together. And so it was actually, I felt quite guilty that I hadn't spent more time, you know, trying to write letters or phone calls or emails, right? I was in my early 20s as well, you know, off living my life. Um, and that was sort of this shame that I carried with myself for quite a few years. And so getting to the root of those emotions, putting a name to them, working through them, um, in my case, it was through practicing a lot of self-compassion and most importantly, forgiveness that was actually an essential part of the decluttering process. What I didn't realize until I started doing this work is that in many ways, I was actually keeping his belongings almost like a way of punishing myself, like, like Ken is, right? And so if you think about that, if that is where my mindset was while I was decluttering, no wonder it was so hard to do, okay? So I really recommend that you give that a try. Um, and I should actually, I'll give you a quick resource, this idea of putting names to your emotions while you're decluttering. Um, not so much the decluttering concept, that's sort of my 
interpretation. But um, I follow the work of Dr. Susan David. She has an incredible book called Emotional Agility and Brene Brown. So both of them talk a lot about shame and emotions. And they're the ones who introduced me to this concept of really naming your emotions. And I cannot say how helpful that has been with decluttering. So if this is something that you're going through yourself, doing this really emotional work of decluttering, um, check them out. Brene Brown actually wrote a book that I have called Atlas of the Heart, which is actually, um, it's almost like a dictionary, but not a dictionary. It's like basically breaking down all the different emotions, like helping you helping you to put a name to your emotions. So give that a try. And I think that you might find that helpful with your decluttering. So just to sum that all up, um, I guess if I had to talk about the emotional work with decluttering after loss, actually, sorry to backtrack, I will just say that there are practical tips. There are things that can help some people like taking photos of old items, you know, like photos of, of sentimental items before you declutter them. Or you might want to repurpose items like turning old t-shirts into a blanket, for example, or like a quilt, that's sort a of kind of thing. Um, so definitely give those a try if that kind of practical, um, if those practical tips appeal to you. But what I would say that if you are stuck with the emotional, the deep emotional work of decluttering, whether it's after a loss or really just any kind of really heavy sentimental stuff, if I had to sum it all up, there are three key tips. One allowing yourself to work at your own pace, right? Um, perhaps even think about the way that you grieve, right? So as I said, for me personally, with my grief, it was very private and I enjoyed storytelling. That was helpful. So I don't think it's any kind of surprise that I find storytelling helpful when I'm decluttering, right? So think about the way that you grieve and that might actually give you some clues as to the way that you will best declutter. But again, you know, work at your own pace. There is no rush. Um, Actually, I'll add there, like when I talk about decluttering my brother's stuff, it took me well over a decade, probably closer to 15 years, right? And I don't beat myself up about that, and you shouldn't either. Okay, then um, tip number two, again, think about their legacy. I really think that is so important. That is your vision for decluttering when you're decluttering after a long, after a loved one. It's switching to that more abundant mindset, right? We're not forcing ourselves to get rid of things. I mean, I know we we are, but like think of it less as like a painful, I'm throwing away my loved one's things, which is, let's face it, not in a very appealing way to think about decluttering. And instead, think of it in a more positive, abundant light where you're like, I'm curating their legacy. Sounds a lot better, doesn't it? It feels much more empowering. It feels like a beautiful, like a tribute to them as opposed to throwing away their stuff. So give that a try. And then Third, and finally, when you are decluttering after a loss or doing any kind of deep emotional decluttering, challenge yourself to put a name to your emotions. Because that name, when you get clear on what it is that you're feeling, it gives you clues, right? Those are clues as to the emotional kind of work. As I said, right, I felt guilt and regret. And so those are clues that I needed to practice forgiveness. Okay. So, a bit of a heavy episode, um, but I hope you. If you are going through a hard time with decluttering or just dealing, you know, with some kind of loss, that there was some things here that you can take away. Um, wishing you all the very best with the decluttering. And until next week, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide 
and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.